so glad I'm yours, Lord. So glad I'm yours. So glad your mercy has followed me. So
welcome you all to the service here. And uh, let's put it in the key of um, A flat for uh, I'm a New Creation. Hallelujah, He redeemed me. Oh, I've been born again to win. And I thank God who justified me of His fullness have we all received of him oh I'm a new creation I'm a brand new man all things are passed away I've been born again more than a conqueror that's what I I will 
I'll just have you uh, remain standing at this time if they would continue to play something softly. And uh, after I'm done reading uh, just this one, if I could, go ahead and have the ushers come forward. And uh, we'll take up our tithe and offering as well. Uh, We just want to, uh, like I said, I just have one uh, prayer request here. We just want to remember uh, Madeline Irish, who is uh, away traveling. Uh, So we just want to uh, remember her. And also just uh, remember uh, my uh, uncle, uh, Brother Brian, who is at home not feeling well. So we just want to remember him. And uh, I know there's many who are not with us this evening as well. And uh, we just want to remember them. And any unspoken prayer requests by the lifting of our hands. I know each and every one of us have needs uh, that we want to take to the Lord. And so if we could uh, we could have Brother Chris uh, Clayville come up and pray over these needs and uh, just enter into the service at this time. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity that we have to come to your house. Lord, another opportunity to gather together to hear your word, to learn a little bit more about how we should be progressing along on this journey toward our our heavenly reward. Father, I pray that you would be with the service, be with the minister, be with the song service. Lord, guide us in our worship tonight. Lord, we've heard some of the needs that have gone forth and we've seen some of the hands that have been raised in, in silent need. Lord, pray that you would meet each need according to their faith and according to your word, Lord. We'll give you all the praise and the glory. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if the ushers would just come forward now at this time as well. Brother Andy, if you would just pray over the tithes and offering. Let's put it in the key of D, and uh, just as they take up the tithes and offering, we will uh, switch the order of the service here and uh, welcome Brother Aaron up onto the uh, platform here. Let's sing that song, I Exalt Thee. Oh, I exalt Thee, oh, I exalt
Jesus uh, sees those hands and he sees the faith behind those hands. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord Jesus Christ, tonight. Oh God, raising our hands to you, Father, for your word says, you men raising those holy hands to God. Father, we are surrendering, oh God, to you, Father. That, Lord God, we know that you are the one that is in control. Father, we know that pilots, when they come to a region of zero visibility, they trust the radar. They look at the radar. And Father, we, we contact our earthly home with our eyes, with our hands. But surely, Father, it's the faith that is within us, O oh God, by which we live by. We are trusting you, Lord God, tonight for the next day. The needs that we have, O oh God, we present them before your throne because we know that you are a gracious God. You said, ask anything in my name and I shall give it to you. Lord, there are some who are not feeling well, some who are not here tonight, some are streaming from home, Lord. They are expecting a touch from thee. Oh, Jesus Christ, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is no secret what you can do. What you did for others, that's the same that you do for us. I commit this service into your hands. May you take the preacher and put him aside. May you be the speaker, and may you also be the hearer of the word. We thank you, Father. We commit everything into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you so much, musicians. God bless you. Really, thank the Lord for our musicians. Um, 
A little bit of a slow start today, but uh, all things work together for good. Praise the Lord. Um, certainly a privilege to be back in the house of the Lord, uh, standing in for our dear pastor. He's not around today. He's away. Always miss him when he is away. Uh, it's always, you know, um, always miss him. Uh, and we might be streaming tonight. I'm not sure what his program is, but uh, if he's streaming, when I say, God bless you, pastor, we miss you so much. And um, I want to, I didn't have any prayer requests, but I believe that uh, Brother Mitchell mentioned some. And thank you all for coming to Wednesday night prayer meeting, prayer service. If you come to church on Sunday, you are a conqueror. But if you come on Wednesday, you are more than conquerors. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you clap, your, clap your hands for yourselves. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, one pastor in Africa used to, you know, used to say, Brother, Sunday it's a mixed multitude. And then Wednesday is the elect. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So uh, if, if we can turn our Bibles to um, the book of uh, Thessalonians, if we can stand... The Bible, the Bible says, First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen: For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of, a, of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we be ever with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray once again. Lord Jesus, we have opened, Lord God, the sacred word. It's holy, O God. It was inspired when it was spoken. It's inspired today. We, we trust that, we ask that, Lord, you give us faith to believe and to hang on to this word. For heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. We give you glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may have your seat. So today we want to talk about... Um, the Lord himself. But just before we start, uh, just want to talk a little bit about the, the events that are happening. Um, some of you have seen the news, you know, Russia declaring some parts of Ukraine to be an uh, independent states, essentially uh, chipping away a part of Ukraine. Praise the Lord. So these things are not a surprise to us believers because the Bible is I had the, the the breaking news. You know, whenever you see breaking news, you know that it's it's the Bible is always ahead of breaking news, because the prophet says modern events are made clear by prophecy. They are not made clear by uh, CNN or Fox News. They are made clear by prophecy. You are you know the foreign ministers have been you know given their statements, but I believe that the highest office in the land is the minister of the gospel. So today we're going to give our, our, our statement on the current events from the gospel perspective, just before we get in our sermon. So we see the rise of Russia, and we know that these things were prophesied in the Bible, and the prophet uh, told us about Russia. But I want to say that it's nothing to worry about. Praise the Lord. It's nothing, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that's nothing to worry about. Praise the Lord. The prophet says here, Communism, we ain't got. He says, my mind, I, 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 I ain't afraid of communism. 
it's the coming of the Lord is going to catch you unprepared. So you must, what you should worry about is, are you prepared for the coming of the Lord? Is what, what it is to the church. Now, let everybody, let all America tend to God and watch what happens to communism. You have to find the disease and get, then get the cure. So the reason why communism is the way it is today is because we as a country, we have went away from God. So what should scare us is when you see sodomites coming in the church. What should scare us is when you see, you know, the vulgarity and the filthiness coming, you know, in, in, intoxicating our children. That's what we should be scared about. Communism is nothing. Because whenever people leave God, God, what does God do? He strengthens the enemies. Amen. Whenever you leave Jesus Christ, what, 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 what happens? Trouble waits you. So communism is really nothing, whether it's, it's China or it's Russia. The only reason why communism is what it is, is because we as a people, I mean, like church outside, not the bride, we have rejected the Bible. Praise the Lord. Let's read what Brother Abraham says. It says, by the way, I just might as well say it. It's on my heart. What you people, what you people are afraid of communism for? Afraid communism is going to rule the world. You people don't know the Bible. Show me one place where it said communism will rule the world. The Bible says Rome will rule the world, not communism. Communism is just a puppet in the hands of God, playing it all up to persecute them all together and make his word come to pass. So, so communism is a tool in God's hands which he's using to make his scriptures come to pass. Because there were scriptures which were written concerning the last days. And these scriptures has to be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. There has to be a Judas somewhere, somehow. There has to be a Caiaphas. There has to be a Pilate for, it, for God's events to be fulfilled. So the prophet is saying we sh- communism is nothing. Russia is not going to rule the whole world. China is not going to rule the whole world because that's according to the Bible. The last kingdom we have is the Roman kingdom. Praise the Lord. That's what the prophet says. So anyway, go back to our scripture. Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So my title is the Lord himself, which we get from the first part of this scripture. And I want you to know that the events which, which are in this scripture, which we call the rapture, the prophet says, there is, you know, everyone knows that the word rapture is not there in the Bible. It's a word which is used to describe something that's going to happen. The translation of our bodies. The resurrection of the dead. Amen. So someone may say, well, if, if it's not in the Bible, then I don't believe it. The rapture is just a code name. Whenever you, there's an operation, it's given a, a code name. There's Operation Thunderbolt, there's Operation Isotope. Brother Tom, you know, I see he's smiling, he's a veteran, he knows what I'm talking about. Recently we had, you know, uh, COVID-19 and, you know, we had to use the Defense Act and, it was, and President Trump announced, you know, Operation Warp Speed. So rapture is an operation that God is going to do himself. It's an operation that God is doing himself. Because Paul is saying that the Lord himself... It's a personal pronoun. You, know, you people know English better than I do. But when the Bible says that the Lord himself, it's not a pastor, 
It's not the prophet. It's not me. We are part of the program, but it's not one of us. It's the Lord himself coming down to get his people. Hallelujah. That's what this message of the hour is all about. This message is not about gathering, you know, in a certain place. It's not about, you know, just having a little group or just a little click, click, uh, click here. No, sir. It's the Lord himself coming down to take his people home. Hallelujah. That's the first thing you must realize. That Christianity begins with the Lord himself. Hallelujah. The message begins with Jesus Christ himself. It does not begin with anyone. It's the Lord himself who comes down. Let's read the scripture here. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 18 verse 10. And he said, I will, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the men of women. Now we know this story. That was when Elohim visited the tent of Abraham. Praise God to confirm the promise that he had made to Abraham. And he says here, I will return to you. So God is showing us a pattern that when it comes to the seed of Abraham, God goes himself. To the Sodomites, God sent two angels. But unto Abraham, it was God who went himself and spoke to Abraham directly himself. He did not send an angel. He did not send anybody. He went with his two feet and he spoke to Abraham. And he said, I am going to visit you. He took it upon himself to say, Abraham, I am going to visit you. So this is the pattern for Abraham and his seed. What God did with Abraham is exactly what God does with the seed of Abraham. Because all of us here, we are the seed of Abraham. How are we the seed of Abraham? Because the Bible says the seed of Abraham is the one that is born after the promise of God. Abraham, Ishmael was the son of Abraham. But he was not the royal seed of Abraham. The difference between Ishmael and Isaac is that Ishmael was born by a natural process. He was a man of the flesh. Remember, every revival produces twins. There's a natural son, and then there's a spiritual son. There's one born from, by the natural process. I was born in the message, I go to church. And there's one that is born by the promise of God. Behold, I shall send you the promise of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the, of the day of the Lord. And when you see that promise, and you accept it, you believe it, and God fills with the Holy Ghost, then you are the seed of Abraham. There are so many churches tonight having a service. But there's only one church which believes the promise. That's the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. Are you the seed of Abraham tonight? Oh, you're just joining a group. Are you the seed of Abraham tonight? If you are the seed of Abraham tonight, whenever the promise of God is preached, you say amen to the word. If you are the seed of Abraham, whenever the word is preached, you say amen. Hallelujah. The seed of Abraham does not compromise with the word. The seed of Abraham is born. It's a royal seed. Hallelujah. You know, a seed is it's a special thing. Everything that, that, the, that the plant needs is in the seed. 
That seed carries the DNA. It, it carries everything. It's just in the seed. You just put it in the right you know, place, have the right atmosphere, and then it, it comes to life. That's, that's the same you and me. The seed of Abraham does not cut corners. The seed of Abraham does not try to compromise with the word. The seed of Abraham stays right with the word. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Because you see, sometimes people get carried away with natural things, right? You know, I, I was born in Jeffersonville. I went to Branham Tabernacle. That's good. You know, I went hunting with the brother Branham. That's good. You know, all those things. But if that's all that you have, then, then there's a problem there. You know, my father was a deacon in the church. So what? The seed of Abraham is born by the promise of God. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because the rapture is coming for those that have received the Holy Ghost. And there is no exception to the Holy Ghost. There is only one robe to enter into heaven. There is only one robe to enter into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Whether you are short, whether you are tall, whether you are black, whether you are white, brown, yellow. There is one robe for everyone. Hallelujah. So you better make your reservations tonight. Praise be to God. Let's continue reading. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. The Bible says, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. You see, God has his government. That's why he has ministers. So you see, we, the highest ministers we have, you know, are the uh, gospel ministers. Praise be to God. The government minister can say this is going to happen, but by the word of God, what what prevails is the word of God. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even for forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. What makes people to, to line up with the promise of God is the zeal of the Lord himself. If you have children, you might be zealous for your children, but your zeal cannot accomplish anything. If you have somebody, whether it's your spouse that is not in the faith, your zeal is not going to help that person. The zeal of the Lord is the only thing that can help. That's what the Bible is saying here. Why, why am I preaching like this? Because I want us to get ourselves out of the way. And to know that this operation, it has to be with God. Some say, I love the message, but I just, I, I, I cannot give up this. It's you who is trying to do that. But if you just say, Lord, I am here. And this is my baggage. This is everything that I have. And you let God work through you. He will make you an unbel- a believer. Praise God. But we want to do it ourselves. I'm going to start by doing this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, maybe after I'm going to do a program. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to try to, you know, do this. You don't have to do nothing. The only thing you have to do is to believe. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. His duty was to say, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I believe what you said. I believe that your word is true. Hallelujah. When you believe that word, it's able to change you. But instead of believing the word, we want to change the word. The word. 
Oh, Brother Branham didn't mean that. Oh, the Bible, you know, is old-fashioned. Oh, this was, this was for, you know, old days. Things have changed these days. Once, you'd ha- once you go that path, then you become reprobate. Even if, no matter how, you know, hard you may feel like, I mean, I can't just overcome this. Just sit still and trust in the Lord. Don't try to help yourself. Just say, Lord, I am here. God knows how to deal with that, with that thing that is bothering you. The Holy Ghost knows how to take away that thing that is bothering you. I've seen people who come from the world with, you know, habits. And habits, that we call them stubborn demons, stubborn spirits. And there's a process in the Bible called sanctification. And sanctification is a process. There are things that God can help you instantly. But sanctification is also part of the word of God. And the prophet says when he was, you know, talking about First John chapter 5 verse 7, where it says there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the blood, the water, and the Spirit. And he says these three, they agree to one. That's First John chapter 5 verse 7. And he says the three that bear witness on earth, they are not one, but they agree to one. Which means you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost but without being sanctified. You can be sanctified without being justified. Hallelujah. So you, you can come in the faith, get baptized, receive the Holy Ghost, but it does not mean you have been sanctified. You still have to go through the process of sanctification. That's why we come to church every day. Because eventually, we want to be like Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul says, one thing that I do is I forget those things which are behind And I press on towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't always look in the mirror and say, Wow, why why did I ever get involved in gambling? Why did I ever get involved in games? Why did I ever get... You have to press on towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You say, Lord, you took me out. I'm not going to die here. I'm going all the way with the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's a painful process. Praise be to God. It's, It's a painful process. That's why you receive a crown in heaven. That's why you receive a reward because there's something that you do. If God does everything for you, then there's no reward for you. Praise the Lord. So sanctification is a process. It's a painful process. Giving up some habits, it's not just, you know, gone. You have to make a decision. You have to cross Jordan. And the prophet says Jordan is what? Is death. When when God called Abraham, he was living in Babylon and he had to cross the river Euphrates. And you know the river Euphrates is also kind of like Jordan, right? It represents dying to yourself. Dying to your, to your own ideas. Dying. When you come on the Lord, to the Lord, you come and you, you, you surrender to God and you die to yourself. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading here. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 14. The Bible says, saying, Surely in blessing I will bless thee. And multiplying I, this is, I, like, I like these promises. It's God who is saying, I, he's not been persuaded. He has not, there's no lobbying like what they have in Washington. It's God speaking out of his own sovereign will. Amen. It's not a politician on a rally saying, I'm going to give you checks. I'm going to give you free Medicare. No, no, no. This is, a, this, is a, this is a true promise of God. In the words of Jesus Christ, he would say, verily, verily. To say, it's absolutely, really true. Hallelujah. I will multiply thee. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
For men verily sway by the by greater and an oath for, for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise, you and me, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. We have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Amen. So God saying, I will multiply thee. I will bless you in the blessing. So there is a promise that God wants to multiply you. God wants to bless you. God has got all these things, but you have to believe his word. And you have to say, Lord, I cannot do it. You can do it. If you look at what is happening in Russia, that gives you an idea why, why God does not give people power. Right? Because just because someone is a nuclear weapon, they think they can just run over countries and people just because they have got power. You see, that's the problem with man. Once God gives him a power, he wants to be some great person, he wants to control everyone, he wants to run over things. That's why God doesn't give people power. Praise be to God. That's why some people, you find them, they are just the way they are. Because God knows if I give them so much power, they don't have the character to maintain that power. Praise God. So power in their wrong hands is demonic. Look at North Korea. They're just testing rockets every time. You know, they don't even care. He doesn't even care about his people. He doesn't even care about, you know, just basic human rights. I'm not talking about nonsensical human rights. I mean basic human rights. Praise the Lord. But just because he has got power, he does whatever he wants. You, you find in the denominations, they get power, it becomes a, a bishop, he starts to control people. Now everybody listen to me. And I want, I'm going to tell you what to do every time that you do this. God doesn't want that. God wants you to have the character to handle power. Praise be to God. When, you, when God blesses you and you become powerful, you still regard the lowest brother in the church. You still find time to text that brother that, you know, you still find time to greet someone. You still find time to do all the little things. Praise God. But without character, you know, just like Russia and North Korea and some of these ungodly countries. Let's continue reading. The prophet says, this day the scripture is fulfilled. He said, I, a personal pronoun, I am going to visit you according to the promise. Your wife is going to have that baby. You have trusted me. Now I'm going to make it come to pass. Hallelujah. So God gives a personal pronoun. Uh, pronoun. I am going to do it. Thirsting for life. Thirst, the prophet says, I think David in the writing of his psalm must have been in distress. And it usually takes distress to bring the best out of a man. It's really, that's when God gets down to when we fast many times. To get our, uh, ourselves in position to get our, uh, ourselves out of the way. So for God to wake, because God is the one that gave the promises. He is the one that knows how to fulfill those promises. And he fulfills them according to his own way. And he fulfills them according to his own time. Hallelujah. So, so when distress comes, it, it helps us to get ourselves out of the way. Because sometimes, you see, we exasperate situations because we try to help the situation. The prophet gave an example. He says like, it's like an, an, an egg when it's, when it's hatching. If you try to help it, you will kill it. Praise God. But if you just trust God and let it be, then God can have his own way. 
So God, what he wants, he wants us to surrender. He wants us to surrender completely to him. Not just part, but God wants a full surrender. The prophet says, there is no limit to what a man can do if he's completely surrendered unto God. That's what the prophet says. He says, once you surrender to God, then there's no limit to what you can do in the hands of God. But we don't want to surrender. We want to control things. We want to say, Lord, you know, even our prayers are selfish. Things must happen this way. Things must you know, go this way. God doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, God is sovereign and he has his will. It's either you shape up to his will or that's it. There is no, there is no second guessing. God can allow you like what he did to Balaam, to, to Balaam and say, okay, just go. He gave him a second opinion, but did it work out? It didn't. Why? Because God has his way. And maturity is, is being able to understand that I have to give in to God. I have to let God do have his own way. And how do we surrender to God? By surrendering to the word. How do we surrender to God? By praying to God. Praise God. When you, when, when you pray, when you come to church, when you, you are surrendering your will to God. Because your mind is telling you this. When your mind tells you, don't call that sister. I don't like what she said about me. You do the opposite. That's surrendering yourself to the word. Hallelujah. When you feel like in your heart, oh, that brother, the way he, the, what he said to me, I didn't like it. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm going to cancel him. If you do the opposite, that's now God working through you. You see what God does in your life. Praise be to God. When you say, this brother, I heard what he, what he said about me. Okay, I'm going to pick up the call. Hi, brother, how are you doing? How's, the, how's everything? I was wondering if you are free next weekend. Maybe we can, you know, do something, have lunch. You know, you see how God will bless you. Because you are surrendering yourself to God. But we are slaves of our own will. We want people to be punished. We want people to fail because they don't agree with us. Because they hurt us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's continue reading here. The, in this message, the rapture. Now, a shout. Jesus. The prophet says, Jesus does all three when he is descending. So there's no man here. It's Jesus Christ who is doing everything. A shout. What is a shout? It's the message going forth. First, the living bread of life bringing forth the bride. So this is the process of the rapture. There's a shout. There's a trumpet and the voice. Is that correct? So the prophet says, Jesus Christ, when he is coming, he is doing everything. So this message of the hour did not come by the will of, by the will of William Branham. It came by the will of God. Hebrews chapter 1, the, the, the God in Sunday times, the word did not come by the will of man. It came by the will of the Holy Spirit. So when we accept the word, we are not following a man. We are accepting the Holy Spirit that gave inspiration to the word. Hallelujah. The first thing come when he starts descending from heaven, there is a shout. What is it? Is a message to get people together. A message comes forth first now. Lamp trimming time. Rise and trim your lamps. Right? Trim your lamps. Yes, you are a Christian. You have a lamp and it's burning. But you need to trim it. Get the envy out. Get the bitterness out. Get the lukewarmness out. Get everything out. Arise and trim your lamp. If you are not reading the spoken word... The way you used to read it when you came in the message, it's time for you to trim the lamp. If you're not praying the same way that you used to pray when you came in the message, it's time for you to trim your lamp. 
if you have got an art against a brother or a sister, it's time for you to rise and sit in your lap. Hallelujah. You hear people say, well, I've been, I've been in the message for 20 years. I've, sometimes it means that you're in danger. Because you can get comfortable, right? You can get used to things, right? We just come to church. We have our service. We have a church dinner. We go back to our homes. Until it becomes a tradition. But God hates tradition. Because we remember, we are a spiritual bride church. Praise be to God. We are not just, you know, people who are just neutral. We, we, you know, we, we are people who are led by the Holy Spirit of God. That's what the message of the hour. We are a Pentecostal church. Not Pentecostal denomination, but Pentecostal experience. Hallelujah. Let's read here. The rapture. The second is the voice of the resurrection. The same voice, that a, a loud voice in St. John chapter 11, verse 38 to 44. That called Lazarus from the grave. That's the second stage. Now, the third is a trumpet, which always, at the Feast of Trumpets, is calling the people to the feast. That will be the bride's supper, the lamb's supper with the bride in the sky. Now, we don't have time to, to talk about this, but you know the parable of the, of, of, of the lamb's supper. How do you go to the lamb's supper? You only go to the lamb's supper if you were part of the marriage, right? You can't go to the marriage supper of the lamb if you were not part of the marriage. And how do you become married to Christ? You become married to Christ by accepting his word. If a, if a boy pros, proposes you and says, will you marry me? When you accept and say yes, that's when you are actually getting married. Praise the Lord. But if you have not accepted the proposal, how can you be married? Hallelujah. So when the word comes and we accept it, we believe it, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then we are getting married to Jesus then we are in an invisible union with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's not a, a, an outward show. It's, not, it's an invisible union. When you are in your home, in your office, praying before you go to work, when you are living a Christian life, walking alone in Walmart, it's not a religious fest where we are here and we are just giving people cars and houses and things. No, sir. We are past that. Praise the Lord. You will see some of the quotations that I'll read. Let me just get ahead of it. You know, if you look at the prophet in the third pool ministry, a lot of the manifestations, they were not in church. Sister Hattie Wright receiving his, receiving his sons. Was it in church? The prophet, when he, when he spoke those squirrels into existence, was it in church? When he gave life to the little fish, was it in church? It's the Lord himself who was working with his people. And he says, how many do you want this time? It was not a, a, a religious first in church where people are just, you know, just religion. It was a life outside there. Walking with Jesus. Talking to Jesus. Speaking to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not just, you know, coming to church. It's a life that you live outside of church. When the prophet was in Colorado Mountain, was he in church? When the Holy Spirit came down and he says, speak to the storm, was he in church? When your son gets sick at home, sometimes you don't even need to call the preacher. You get your wife, you pray, you say, honey, let's pray for the son here. We are not in church, but we are the church of God. That's where we are going, my brother, my sister. It's the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself. Coming in the midst of his people. When Jesus Christ, when they thought he was dead, he was gone. He walked among them and he saw them fishing. 
And he said, children, do you have any meat? And Jesus Christ meets you at your point of need. He did not ask them for deer because they were fishing. He says, do you want fish? And he gave them fish. The prophet, when he wanted squirrels, God gave him a squirrel. Hallelujah. If you are hunting for a buffalo, God will give you a buffalo. God, Jesus, will meet you at your point of need. And I want you to notice, the prophet says, when he spoke these things into existence, it was not an impulsion from the preacher to say, now stand up, everyone speak. No. He says, it was the Holy Ghost that came down. And he says, what do you want? He says, Banks and his brother were talking. And they said, oh, if only we can go to that house, to that little Jehovah's Witness woman. She used to be kind to us and tell her that we now believe the message. And the prophet says, when he said that, it pleased the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How many knows that in the book of Malachi, the Bible says that when those that feared the Lord spoke, a book of remembrance was written in heaven. They were not talking about how the election was stolen. They were not talking about, you know, uh, Super Bowl. They were talking about Jesus. And when they were talking about Jesus, he came in their midst. It was not in church. They were talking about Jesus when they, when they were fishing. They were talking about Jesus when they were hunting. They were talking about Jesus when they were at home. They were talking about Jesus all the time. Hallelujah. God is not impressed when we talk about him in church. God is not impressed. He is impressed when we talk about him out there. When we talk to our kids, we talk about Jesus. When we talk to our, you know, husband and wife, we talk about Jesus. We are not talking about, you know, somebody else. We are not bite, big biting someone else. We are not talking bad about someone. We are not looking at the mistakes in the ministry. We are not looking at the mistakes of the pastor or the deacons. We are talking about Jesus. Then he comes. Hallelujah. That's the anointing that we need in this day. The anointing that comes at your point of need. The anointing that visits you. When you say, Brother Aaron, I was, I was, I was just driving. And some, the, the Holy Ghost seemed just to come in the car. And I was singing this hymn. And I just felt a burden like, get away from me. And, my, and, and the thing that I was prayed for, God just answered. That's the religion that I want. Jesus Christ working among his people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's read. We are right here right now. The only thing the church is, church is coming out has got to lay before the sun to ripen. And to ripen is to mature. The prophet says the church is there, but the people are not mature. I like what Brother Peter was saying uh, in teaching Sunday school. He says, uh, one sign of immaturity is like a, a toddler, right? He's a slave of his feeling. If he wants to eat, he cries. If you want, whatever, a baby, whatever he wants, he will crash. You cannot negotiate with him because he's immature. He's a slave of his feeling. But if you are mature, you, are, you know how to harness your feelings. You know how to be tempera, temperament. You know how to withhold yourself. But if you're a baby, if you want a toy, you say, Daddy, I want that toy. Wah! You know, because you're a slave to how you feel. You are controlled by the flesh. Like Ishmael, he said to Jacob, I don't care about the birthright. I want soup right now. But the spiritual seed of Abraham, Jacob, he was looking at the spiritual side. So the, the prophet is saying, what we need is to, is to ripen. 
So the rapture, what is delaying the rapture? Yes, we need to get the, the last one, but we also need to, to mature. Because you cannot harvest wheat when it is green. You're not going to make bread with that wheat, right? It has to be golden brown. Because remember, we are in the seed age, right? How many of you know that Luther was the, was the blade of grass, and then came the, 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 the husk, and then came the shark, and we are the seed? How many knows that? And if we are the seed, it means that we have to be like Jesus. Because the seed that was planted at Pentecost at Ephesus is the same seed that comes in the harvest. Hallelujah. God is not going to harvest people who are busy backbiting and cursing each other. No, sir. God is not going to harvest that. God is not going to harvest people who are just, you know, always trying to find fault with the message. God is not going to harvest people who are fighting the word. God is going to harvest a mature grain. Hallelujah. Let's read Zechariah chapter 4 verse 4. The Bible says, So I answered, so I answered and he spoke to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and, and spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not within your strength. It's not within my strength. It's by his spirit. But, but you don't have to take this to the extreme, like what Brother Bader was preaching, and say, Hey, I'm just going to wait, and then you sit like that. No. You still have to be sincere, Right? Remember, we said the fasting, the prophet says, when you fast, you are sincere, right? You get yourself out, and then God can work, right? Because when people, you say just, you know, just the process, like what they say in these, in these last days, people just sit back and then expect everything to happen automatically. No! It means that if you actually believe, then there's a hunger in your heart. Then you don't stop praying. Then you don't stop reading. You don't stop coming to church. You do what is right. Praise the Lord. So, but it's not within your strength. It's by the Holy Spirit. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? And we know that Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel it means uh, born out of Babylon. Zerubbabel. It was, you know, the name was speaking about the, the latter day prophet who is, not, who is not a Jew. Because there is no Jew whose name is Zerubbabel, right? So this is a Gentile name which was given to this prince of Judah which was speaking about a coming one who shall come out of Babylon, who is none other than Elijah of these last days. And the Bible says, Thou shalt become plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. So the hands of the prophet, the former reign, the teaching reign, praise the Lord, he has laid the foundation. His hands shall also finish it. The same ministry will bring the headstone. It will bring, you know, the, the rapture, the Holy Spirit that takes us into the rapture. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you, who hath despised the day of small things. For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, those not eight, seven, whether it's some other relative, I don't care. There's only seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and from the whole earth. 
So there are only seven which are sent to, throughout the whole earth. Exodus chapter 3 verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord said, I, will, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of the land unto a land, a large unto the land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites. So, so by, God is saying that I have heard, I've seen the affliction, and I know their sorrows, and I have come down to deliver them. So the first Exodus, it was, it was God who came down personally to deliver them. The second Exodus is Jesus Christ who came down to die on the cross to take them from Judaism into Christianity. And he comes again to the seed of Abraham in the last days and he comes down himself. God personally coming down to confirm his word. Hallelujah. So the lamb does two things in the New Testament. First, he comes down to redeem the, the bride. The lamb does that. It's not, there's no one who died for you. It's Jesus Christ who died for you. So he came down and he died for our sins. And then after the seven church ages, he comes to claim what he has redeemed. And the process of claiming what he has redeemed is taking the book and opening the seals. Hallelujah. So it's the lamb, as we see in the book of Revelation, the Bible says that thou art worthy because you have died to, 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 purchase, to, to purchase us, you know, to, to pay for our sins. So it's Jesus Christ himself who, who died for us. It's Jesus Christ himself again who comes to claim us into his own house. Praise God. He is the lamb of God, but he is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. What is a lamb? It's the most, it's the perfectly weakest animal in the world. And the lion, arguably the most powerful. So Jesus Christ, he became the weakest to become the most powerful. And that's the same with you and me. If we are ever to be anything, we have to be weak so that God's strength can be made perfect in us. We are living in a world where people want to hide their weaknesses. They, they use filters. They use all kinds of things. They want to hide their weaknesses. That does not, that's not a show of strength. That's actually weakness. Being weak, being weak, being strong is actually saying, Lord, I, I am here. I am weak. When you do that, then God can have his way in your life. Hallelujah. But we don't want to show our weakness. We don't want to show our humanity. We don't want to show that we cannot do it. You have to say, Lord, I cannot do it. And then God can have his way. But we, now we are living in, that's why people are losing their mind. Because they are trying to do something which is impossible. You are not supposed to be strong. You are supposed to be weak and let God be your strength. A woman was born to be weak and a man was born to be strong. So that when, when they come together, husband and wife, they have a perfect picture. But we have women today because of civil rights movement, they want to be strong like men. It doesn't work. It will only break the women. Because that's not what God made it to be. So the same way with, with, with you and me. Being a Christian does not mean that you are super strong. Sometimes you actually feel like not coming to church. 
Then you have to be honest. Say, Lord, help me. I, I just don't feel like going to church. Renew my, the, the joy of my salvation, Lord. Sometimes you, 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 you sit in the song service and you, you, you're just wondering, ah, what am I doing here? But you say, Lord, help me. Revive me, Lord. Don't try to pretend. Don't try to, to, to show something that is not there. Be real with God. In your weakness, God can help you. Praise be to God. But we feel like we always have to be strong every time. We always have to portray you know, a, a, a picture of strength. That's what the world is right now. People fight in the morning and then in the evening they post their picture, vacational pictures on, 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 on Instagram. People are like, wow, these are the happiest couple in the world. You know, that's a Hollywood spirit, right? They post those things and then next year they divorce. Because they are, it's a, it's a put on. But when you enter into Christian life, you are real. When you are down, you say, Lord, I'm down. Help me out. Lord, I cannot speak. Lord, I cannot do my job properly. Lord, I have got problems recalling things. Lord, I've got problems. Help me out. And then God is able to step in and help you. That's what he wants. People who surrender themselves to to him. You don't have to be, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's okay if you can't do something. Because this world, you know, it's, especially with motivational speakers, they are telling people you can do everything. You can't. God cares to help you. You know, people are trying to point a, a, a superficial thing to say you can do this, things can do this. We, all know, we will not all be billionaires. Some of us will die as pennies, but we will be happy pennies. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's read. I'm about to close. That's the Everybody, you know, be waiting for that. The preacher says, I'm about to close. <laughs> there you have it, brother. Now, this, please try to catch this. It's just the way you say things sometimes that changes the whole setup. They say it's just the right thing. For just then, the Holy Spirit dropped upon me from the heavens somewhere. And I said, thus says the Lord. And friends, I've got people that's been here with me since a little boy from the city that I came from. I ask anybody at any place, any time, if they ever heard the prophecy, mirror prophecy, but what come to pass just exactly the way it was said. See, on record anyway, how many knows that to be true? Rise up, raise your hands. That knows it's the truth. Sure, it's exactly because it's God. It was, it was, if it was me, it would fail every time. But if it's him, it can never fail. It cannot fail. If it is you in your marriage, it's going to fail. But if it is him, your marriage is not going to fail. You can read all the books on the internet. It will never help you in your marriage. Only thing that can help you is Jesus Christ. Because you will do, you will do everything, all the fundamentals, and then you, you argue over how, one little thing. There was one couple one time we helped in Africa. You know, they, uh, it was not me, it was another minister. So he was telling me they, they had an argument on how one, one, the other was the way he was squeeze, squeezing the, the, the toothpaste, you know. <laughs> says, I don't like the way you are squeezing. And then it turned out to be an argument. Why? Because the devil can just come from nowhere. You can never, you can never plan for that. But if you trust in God, he can help you. Praise God. So th- that was the secret of the province. He says, it's not me, it's him. He says, what do you, I think I've, I've spoken about this. Let me skip here. So that we can all go home and have our dinner. (laughs) 
But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore. I think I spoke about this. For the mystery of iniquity did already work, and only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So here Paul is talking about uh, uh, the, the mystery of iniquity. And he says here, verse 8, and, they shall, and then shall the wicked, be, the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Let's read this from another version, which is not King James. The prophet explained it, but I'm going to read it from another <clears throat> version of the Bible. It says the same thing that the prophet says. He says here, verse 6, and you know what? <clears throat> what restraining him now from being revealed is, it is so that he will be revealed at his appointed time. That's the man of sin, not Russia, the man of sin, the richest bachelor in the world. For the mystery of lawlessness, the Bible says, rebellion against divine authority. And the coming ring of lawlessness is already at work. I think we, I preached on this rebellion. That's the spirit that we have in the land. But it is restrained only until he who now restraineth it is taken out of the way. So this spirit is already here. But the, there is someone that is, there is something that is restraining full scale, right? Full speed ahead. And that thing is the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says and, and the, the Holy Ghost will be taken out. When the Holy Ghost is taken out, then we are into a full tribulation. Coronavirus comes, kills a couple of people. It could have killed millions and billions. Omicron could have been devastating, but there was one that was now letting, that was letting. That's you and me. Praise be to God. What can stop Russia from dropping a bomb on, you know, Vatican, America? It's because we are still here. But the spirit is already here. That's what the Bible says. The, the, the spirit of lawlessness is already here. Because they, it does not make sense for us to continue like this when people are now discussing whether a boy is a man, is a man or a woman, or a gender. You know, it doesn't make sense. It cannot continue like this, folks. We have to accept it, right? We can't live in a world where people are discussing gender. I mean, like basic biology. Someone is called a professor and they're discussing basic biology. Gender is, is a debatable. It's not debatable. There's a man and a woman. Finish. Praise God. But because we have all these things, we can't simply continue like that. It is just the way it is designed. But what is stopping full-scale wrath of God to be poured is the Holy Spirit, you and me, maturing, getting ready. So when we see Russia doing what's doing, we see the events in Israel, it's time for us to, what, to rise and trim our lamps, surrender more to God, the Holy Spirit having a dominion in our lives. Praise God. Musicians, if you want to come. So, so, so this is where we are, my, my brothers and sisters. It's not in shoe. It's not in me. It's surrendering ourselves to him. The more we surrender to him, that's the more that he works in our lives. Never, let's never be Sunday Christians. When is the Christians? Let's be Christians all the days of our lives. Because, because we are now living in the darkest moment of history. You turn on the news, you don't need anyone to tell you, just go in Walmart, just go on the streets. You just see how, how terrible things have become. So it, it just shows you that we've come to a point where it cannot continue anymore. It was not designed to be like this. So somehow, something has to give in. Praise the Lord. Seventh seal. The prophet says, we must remember that this seventh seal, this was my sub, subtitle, 
is the end of time of all things. That's right. The things written in the seventh seal book sealed up of the plan of redemption. So the prophet is saying the seventh seal is the end of all things. Is the end of civilization. Is the end of is the end of all things. When we say all things, we mean all things. Because the seventh seal is the coming of the Lord, right? So he comes to, to, to the bride, opens the seals, he takes the bride, right? And all the events that happen, they still happen in the event called the seventh seal. Because Jesus Christ, when he comes, he, he does a series of things. We, being the bride, being taken out, is, we are just a portion of the events which the world will go through. Praise the Lord. So, but they all happen under the seventh seal. So the seventh seal is the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. So the bride is part of it. The third pool is part of it, but that's not everything. It's the Lord's coming down, taking you. It's a shout, right? We read in Thessalonians, praise the Lord. The Lord himself shall come, right? Shout, trumpet, voice. He's, he's doing everything as he is coming. So the prophet says, says the seventh seal is the end of all things. So when you see the seals revealed, Elijah going, just know that the end of all things is what? It's nigh. It, the, Bible, the prophet says, sealed up the plan of redemption from the foundation of the world. It, it, it every bit ends. It is the end. It is the end of the struggling world. So the world cannot continue like this. They say, well, it's climate change. Let's, make, let's print some money to fight climate change. No, that's, gonna not, that's not going to work. The coming of the Lord will serve the planet. It's the end of the struggling nature. Praise the Lord. It's the end of everything. In there is the end of the trumpets. It's the end of the vials. What, what, what are the vials? It's the judgments of God. It's the end of the earth. It's even the end of time. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, what? Time shall be no more. Shall we stand upon our feet? Create in me what's the key? That, oh, and renew our eyes Salve. Hey.
joy that I surrender.
Yeah. 